Testimonial. Gentlemen, start your engine. Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on a gorgeous Saturday morning in Spartanburg, South Carolina. It's not going to stay this way, though, but mm-hmm. right now it looks pretty good out there. And I tell you what else looks pretty good is having two faces looking back at me this morning. <laughs> we have 75% attendance today from uh, Ronnie. How you doing, Ronnie? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just glad to get my engine started again. Well, it's good to have you back. I know you had a little rough go there, but... Uh, I. Got, I had a bad fall out of my wheelchair. Hmm. Hate uh, that. Just something stupid. Well, he's got his good leg up on the yeah, my propped up here, so uh, it looks pretty good. And uh, got Greg back for the second week in a row. How you doing, buddy? Well, believe it or not, uh, I succumb has come to a fall. Uh, What's the matter with you guys? Well, I fall <laughs> as good as I ever did. I just don't land too well. <laughs> that. That, that is essentially what has happened to me. But uh, anyway, you get back up, and you're sore the next day, and it, it, it's not good. So We don't heal like we used to either. No, we don't. And and I don't read directions on anything anymore. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I read what Perry writes and what we're going to do, but uh, it's just glad to have, have us back. Yeah, glad to have you back. And... Uh, and Greg, uh, his fingers work okay. He was able to dial us up a, a good guest oh, for today. Greg, yes. Who, who'd you get there, Greg? Well, I got a man I've known a long time. He worked for Hall Moody, Junior Johnson, his, 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 everything. We got Mr. Waddell Wilson, who is arguably one of the top three uh, of NASCAR V8 engine building. He built up. It built. 27 wide block. He, he actually built the motors for Red Lorenzen. Fireball Roberts? Yeah, they drove a Ford. And believe it or not, he said that he had to go so low quite a bit sometimes building in motors because they had to be, they had to supply. But uh, everywhere he went, whether it be Chevrolet or Ford, he could make horsepower. And he can be a good crew chief. He's just a great person. It's gonna, we're going to have a lot of fun with him. And he's in the Hall of Fame uh, as engine builder and crew chief. And he's a, uh, you know, I, I don't know these guys like you do, not even close, Greg. But when we used to go to those, uh, you know, up at uh, up in North Carolina to um, Alex Beams Museum and do those book signings and all that stuff, and they'd have all these famous people up there. Unfortunately, many of them that aren't with us anymore. But it finally got to the point there. I, I sat. We weren't in alphabetical order, but I'd somehow end up sitting sitting next to uh, Waddell quite a bit. And um, it always meant a lot to me when some of these people would actually call me by my name. You know, hey, Perry. And, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know these people. And I only know them through writing about them and, and, and interviewing them. 
you know, I, we've been interviewing Mike Helton for about, well, for six years now, and I think only in the last year he started calling me by my name. So I, <laughs> it means a lot to me. Cause, it does to anybody. Yeah. Well, it, I, I it, mean, it, these are, to me, my heroes. Yeah. And for them to know who I am, I, I appreciate that. And, and I but know Waddell's him. one of them. And, and I know him, you know, as a friend and been around him for a long time. But, uh, now, Perry, you, you went to so many of these things, wrote books, and uh, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Well, don't give me any right now because uh, you, you're, you're bad about that. Greg's always bragging about me, and I have to get up walk away sometime. Uh, but we got a great show for you. We got another gentleman who's going to be on the show who was a – Introduced to me by a friend, a mutual friend of ours, and his name is Scott Anderson. And Scott wrote a fascinating uh, story. And the story, uh, if I'm not mistaken, got published, and we'll, we'll ask him all about it. And Scott's done some auto racing. He's up in Nashville. But he wrote an article about a story about the winning car from the 1979 Le Mans 24 Hours. But he didn't write just an article about the race. He wrote it from the viewpoint of the car. And it, it's fascinating. It's so well written. And that's the name of it, the car. And we'll have him on after Waddell Wilson. But can't wait to talk to Scott. We've, uh, I read it again last night, and it is just it's great. I'll let you take it home, Greg or Ronnie. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a great viewpoint that, you know, I'd never thought of about it. What's, what's the car thinking? And... Um, it was a Porsche, and he uh, won the seventy. It won the seventy-nine twenty-four hours of Le Mans with Klaus Ludwig, and mm-hmm. the famous Whittington brothers. You remember Bill and Don Whittington? Yeah, there? I, I got to know them somewhat well, but uh, yeah, I think you found a real interesting guest with this with this gentleman. Uh, to win Le Mans is, is a really, really big deal over in Europe. Well, it may be the biggest deal. You know, I've spent a lot of time touting the Indianapolis 500 as the greatest race. But, you know, the more I follow, uh, you know, learn about Le Mans, and it's, you know, it's right there. I mean, I don't know which one's the greatest race in the world. It's not the Daytona 500, but that may be the third greatest. I mean, it's all from your point of view and what you like and what you know about. But uh, I tell you, Le Mans is a big deal. It is a big deal, but I have to I have to say, in all fairness, that from what we've seen over the years and stickability and everything, all three of those racetracks were great. Well, they but are. I would I would have to rank the the Indy five hundred in a in a notch in first and notch by itself, and then you've got Le Mans, and then Daytona covers everything as far as what we have in this country. So. And the fact that you won it in 1978 doesn't hurt a bit. I don't, yeah. and that's one reason I don't want to belittle it. How can you belittle the Daytona 500? You can't do that. But it's, no. you know, it's uh, it's a great race, and, and Bud Moore Engineering won that with Bobby Allison in 1978. But you've got um, the other two races we just mentioned, and uh, you know, we're going back to Le Mans this year with the the garage. Uh, 56 program that I know uh, our good friend Mike Hill has been associated with, and Mike is going to come on. They run Sebring next week, uh, the 12 hours of, 12 Sebring. Hours of Sebring. So that's we're pretty gonna, famous. That's pretty famous. Well, it is. It's very famous. But he's going to. Uh, Mike agreed with last night to come on the week after Le, uh, 
Sebring and talk about it. And I think we're just going to have to have Mike on about once a month anyway, because he's oh, uh, no doubt he knows about all kinds of racing, especially uh, the sports car racing that's going on right now. I mean, he's still involved with it. I mean, heavily involved in it. So it's not just you know he's he's Deb Williams is an insider from the journalism point of view that we have her on every week well mike's an insider because he's inside the garage he's a shop foreman for the the cadillac uh endurance you know 24-hour team um and that's a big deal so and and wherever wherever uh mike hill goes uh what you know he he was pretty pretty good and stickable with his job but uh mike always Work for teams that won uh, races and championships, and he was a very big part of. It. And like I say, he's a big part of this deal with the Mons thing. So, and he is from Spartanburg. He's from Spartanburg. He went to Spartan High, and he listens to the show, and he's probably listening right now. How are you, Mike? But Mike's got a brother who's becoming a troublemaker. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't say that. But Alan Hill is such an important part of the show, doing our local results and everything. But if you've listened to this show with any, especially the year of COVID when there wasn't any racing, he is a fisherman. I mean, he is a fisherman. Um, he's got his truck all rigged up. He's an electrician, but I think if you looked at his truck with the with the little scooter on the back and uh, and the uh, the racks for fishing rods and all the uh, you know. All the stuff he's got, you know, he is a fisherman bar none, and he is involved in that right now. And the fishing um, camp or whatever you call it that he goes to, the lake, I believe it's in Union, he's, uh, I looked at their, their, they don't really have a website, but they had about 20 Facebook pages, it looked like, <laughs> or, or sites. And there's, and his picture's on there with a, the same one I, I think I showed y'all last week, got huge fish. And um, he's just, you know, he's concentrating on that right now until, because they're fishing probably as we speak. And he's going to uh, hopefully join us, he said, when they start the night fishing. And spring is right around the corner. And, and although tomorrow is going to be like the dead of winter around here with a high in the mid-40s and pouring down rain. Uh, you know, it, pretty soon, and, and earlier this week, you know, it was like springtime. And so he's out there fishing on Saturday mornings, and I can't blame him because that's uh, – he's making money at that too. Now, yeah, I doubled it. Yeah, I, he's got a lot of trophies. Yeah. He won some very big tournaments. Well, he won our trophy last year too, and I want to yeah. win it back from him. But he's uh, – uh, Alan's going to come back hopefully, and we can't wait to get him back because we kind of – Kind of missing out on the beginning of the of the season here on the local dirt tracks, and uh, we will definitely get back to covering that. Speaking of racing, last night there was an ARCA race. I don't know if any of you saw it. I was switching back and forth between the ACC tournament like you were, Ronnie. Although that second game, I don't know how long you stuck with it. I stuck the last few minutes. Yeah. Clemson was with them early. But I think they're, I think they're in the tournament. Now, that's for another show. Yeah, but but the one that was they've, got, before they've us, got a good shot at it. I don't see how they can keep them out. Well, they're like twenty three and ten now. Yeah, something. Anyway, they had an ARCA race last night at Phoenix, and you told me a very interesting statistic about what about the 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 ARCA race the top places. Yeah, I'm going to tell it to you right now. I'm going to tell our listeners. Um, for one thing, I have never seen so many rookie bumpers in one race in my life. Now they're out west, and if I'm not mistaken, now ARCA's got ARCA West. 
But the main Arca, um, I'm not sure what the name of it is. It, anyway, it's Arca, but it's the big one they run at Daytona right. and around here. And what was on at Phoenix last night? Well, I think a lot of these Arca West guys were in that race last night. In fact, I know they were because they don't come back east and run. So there, it was just so many yellow bumpers on those cars. It was just unbelievable. Well, the winner of the race, and uh, it, they had to go to the overtime twice, if I'm not mistaken. And they had some a couple of pretty grinding crashes, which has nothing to do with what I'm getting, getting ready to say here. But the winner was Tyler Reef. Ty Reef. And, of course, I'd never heard of any of these people. Ty is 15 years old. Yeah. 15 years old. Now, they were talking about it. They had Austin Sendrick, who's pretty young himself, won Daytona last year, and uh, and Phil Parsons, who's an old-timer, and Jamie Little does the play-by-play or the lap-by-lap or whatever you call it. And I think she does a great job, by the way. I love to listen to Jamie Little. Not only is she nice to look at, but she sounds real good. She knows what she's talking about. But she, uh, uh, you know, they were talking about these guys. And ARCA, you know, if you can go out there and prove that you can drive, they'll let you race. You know, NASCAR, I think you have to be 18 now, don't you? Or is it 17? There is a limit. But, I, don't, I don't know what well, it is. Well, you know, I think like the last one that squeezed through was Kyle Busch. Uh, you know, he came, of course, it's been years ago now. But I think he ran it when he was 17. I could be off by a year. And, and they changed it to 18. But this guy's 15 years old. And he won the race last night and uh, did a good job. I mean, you couldn't tell if he was a 20-year veteran or, uh, you know, still in a freshman in high school or whatever he is. But he won the race. It was his first national start. He'd won, he'd uh, raced in three other Arker West races, but he did a good job in a Mustang. And uh, he, uh, like I said, he's 50. He's got hair, blonde hair. Reminds <laughs> me of Jake, sort of, my son, when he played soccer. That sticks straight up. I mean, he he, he looks a little bit like Santino Ferrucci in an IndyCar because he's got a he just got a big blonde head of hair and he's proud of it. He took that when he was getting out of the car. Jamie Little said, "Now he's going to take his helmet off, get a load of this hair." And it was he's got some hair. So second was Landon Lewis. He was seventeen years old. Third oh, was man. third was Bradley Erickson. He's sixteen. Excuse me. Andres Perez de Lara from Mexico City was 17. And the fifth-place finisher, Kyle Keller, is an old man. He's 18. <laughs> so, uh, And, you know, the guy that won the Daytona 500, um, Greg Van Alst, I, I'm not sure how old he is, but, I mean, he looks like he's got to be in his 40s, which is great. Um, but, I mean, this is some young talent coming up, and they're good. Really and you're going to hear from them. Yeah. So if you hear of Ty Reef. You heard it here. I don't know if you heard it here first, unless you watched the race last night. But he's 15 years old and he's good. So, so we got to uh, keep our eye on him. We will. You'll be hearing about him. But I don't think they'll come back east because I th- they run the Arca West, and that race was in Phoenix, and uh, I believe that'll be it for a while for him. But I tell you what, let's do. Let's take a break and come back. I can even ask Deb about that a little bit, and uh, we'll give her a little extra time like we did last week. Only I'll try to put a commercial in about halfway through so I don't get messed up like I did last week. But we're going to take a break now and come back and talk to Deb Williams. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Hey, everybody, this is Tyler Sugar. Join me weekday mornings from 7 until 9 right here on Bump and Run on Fox Sports Barnberg 98.3 FM, presented by Chris Foster Heating and Air, your local rain specialist here in Spartanburg County. Join us as we talk high school sports, South Carolina, Clemson, USC Update, Wofford, all the stuff that matters to you, and we have the best guests. Join us weekday mornings from 7 to 9 for Bump and Run here on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM on the Fox Sports Spartanburg app and on our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Make Phillips and Law and Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Law and Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. While the weather is bad, get your gear ready now. Spartan Photo Center has the necessary tools to clean your cameras and lenses. They do mirrorless and DSLR sensor cleanings, and don't forget about your tripods. Spartan Photo Center stocks the quick releases to mount your camera to the tripod, as well as Manfrotto and Bogan tripod parts to fix the one you have. Or you can get a new Suray or Manfrotto tripod now before the weather turns nice and you need it. Don't forget Spartan Photo has camera bags, backpacks, and waterproof cases. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, Spartanburg, or SpartanPhotoCenter.com. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Hot town, summer in the city. Deb Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. And good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning. Just fine, thank you. How about yourself? Good, and you sound loud and clear. That's the way I like to hear it, Deb. Well, that's good. That's because I've got you on my phone. Okay, well, that's great. Well, Deb, um, kind of a, I don't know if you'd really call it a surprise winner. I don't. 
I know none of us picked William Byron last week, but uh, I thought it was refreshing to see. Now, probably not that refreshing for a lot of people to see Henry finish one, two, three, but I like seeing William Byron win the race. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I think that if you were we were if you were at the track, you probably saw an entirely different race than we saw on television. Um, you know, if the uh, one downside, I mean, I like William Byron; he's always a good post-race interview. And but if you look at the one downside, was the number of laps that the he and Kyle Larson led. So if you're looking for an exciting race, so to speak, of constant lead changes and all, that didn't exist. Um, those The Hendrick drivers, I was pulling up my story here from last week, and if my memory serves me correct, they led all but about 10 laps in that race. So, you know, that, that didn't present one of the most exciting races. Uh, if you were looking for races for the lead, but it was still quite interesting to see that type of domination on a mile-and-a-half track because we didn't see that last year. So that was rather interesting. That was actually the third time in Hendrick's history that the teams teams have finished one, two, three. So it really showed what a roller coaster ride the sport can be with Chase breaking his leg on Friday and then the team coming back and finishing one, two, three on Sunday. Yeah, um, you're yeah, right. I, I just found the stats here. Hendrick drivers led all but 30 laps in the 271 lap race. Yeah, what I've got here is um, William Byron, Byron led 176 of those and Kyle Larson 63. So uh, I think Kyle right, Larson. Bowman too. Yeah, so. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it, it was kind of looking like Kyle Larson was going to win it till uh, till pretty late when uh, he got passed with like uh, what two or three laps to go and uh, on a restart. So I think they uh, well actually he got passed on pit road. Okay. William Byron beat Kyle Larson out of the pits, and that was what made the difference. But you know it went into overtime because they had the the spin there right near the end when it probably would have been Larson, but then when they had the caution and people pitted for new tires and Byron got off pit road first. Yeah, so it was Byron, Larson, and Bowman all for Hendrick, and uh, and Bubba Wallace was fourth. Good race for him. He stayed in the top ten just about the whole race. That's true. He did. He really did. He uh, It wasn't like he lucked into that position. He did run in the top ten for the race, most of the race. He was always in the, the top ten at the end of each stage. And I believe this was the first time that William Byron actually swept the stages and then won the race as well. Yeah, and over on the Xfinity side, of course, we're having a... Well, Austin Hill won his second out of the first three races after winning Daytona. And he got it, you know, late in the race from Chandler Smith. Yeah, and and I think that was um, a good example of experience versus... uh, young driver rookie not being in that situation yeah and also uh i'm sorry i'm having a little bit of coughing trouble again today um Uh-oh. Austin, uh justin allgaier slipped past uh chandler smith as well so i was just glad kyle bush didn't win he's out there you know i know he's in front of his um, hometown crowd and i guess i can't blame him for racing for that but uh he was fourth and josh berry was fifth 
But it's uh. Well, I think he probably raced. If you notice, he drove a college car, college racing, and whether people don't know it or have forgotten, college racing is actually a team that Kyle Busch was talking to when he was looking for a ride for this year. So I think that possibly he went in to that car to give colleagues some feedback for their program because, you know, their program just hasn't, uh, last year it didn't seem to be on top of things the way that it was previous year. Yeah, that's a good uh, good point, and I'm sure he could give them some good feedback too. Um, oh, yeah, that's one thing Richard Childress has said is he's been – uh, impressed and amazed. He had no idea that Kyle knew as much about a race car as he does. So he could give colleagues some feedback on what they need to do. Well, I would think he was would be pretty knowledgeable about that. I mean, he 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 drives in the three big major NASCAR series, so I'm sure he's picked up uh, picks up some uh, information, some knowledge along the way. Um, just, well, just that's, see, that's the problem, though. A lot of them drive, but they've never worked on their car. So they don't know the mechanical of it. And that's, you know, what I'm sure Richard Childress has run into in recent years is you've had a lot of these young drivers come along and they've never worked on their cars. And I don't think that was probably the case with Kyle Busch coming up uh, with his dad and older brother. But you've got a lot of these drivers that have never worked on their race cars. Deb, I think that's the advantage when the driver does work on a race car or worked on race cars over a period of time because it gives them the knowledge to understand what what can be done with the car and what can't be done with it. And Mm -hmm. uh, Richard Petty worked on his car and the list goes on and on and on. But yeah, it makes for a better race driver if he knows how to work on his own car or an automobile or do something. Some of these guys are great drivers, but uh, there just never have been mechanics again. You got me thinking about Cold Trickle from Days of Thunder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tom Cruise and uh, Robert Duvall. Um, yeah, which which was loosely based on Tim Richmond and Harry Hyde. Absolutely. Um, now, Josh um, Barry didn't have all that great a finish, but he's going to, For I guess they're they're saying that Chase Elliott's going to be out for about six weeks, did they say? And uh, the ovals are going to be uh, driven by Josh Berry, but they got a road course. I don't know if you'd call him a ringer or not, but he's uh, they got another gentleman coming in to run at Coda. Right, Jordan Taylor. And uh, Jordan has actually been working with Hendrick on the Le Mans project. And he's been working and coaching the drivers and all. He's extremely successful in IMSA won the twi- uh, Rolex 24. And so with Jordan coming in for Coda in the nine car, and now as it's come out in the last few days, we've got um, two Formula One people coming in. Right. So, go, go ahead and talk about that. Well, we've got got um, uh, Nikki. I never can pronounce his last name. Raikkonen? Yeah. Close enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, then the other one that was announced um, Thursday, I believe it was. Um, Is that Jensen Button? Yes, Jensen Button. Mm-hmm. 
So it'll, it's quite interesting. And, of course, this car is very condu- conducive to drivers coming in from other series. And, um, you know, particularly road racing and an open wheel because you've got the sequential shifter, you've got uh, the wider tires, uh, you've got more things in this cup car as to what they are accustomed to or used to, and it's not such a drastic change for them like it was with the old cup car. I found another interesting thing out um, yesterday, just skimming through the the news, that uh, Jonathan Davenport is going to run the dirt track, the dirt race at Bristol, which, you know, that could really be something. I, I, uh, I know he, what do they... What's he, Superman? What is it they call him around here? He's just um, he's he, there, there is a name. Yeah, I can't think of it, but he's you know he's just a uh, a huge name in dirt track racing around uh, around this area. And Jonathan Davenport up against the Cup guys. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And he's racing for a colleague in uh, the number thirteen car, which they don't run all the time. And I think that's going to be uh, something to see. It will be interesting. You know, I think what a lot of people forget is that when they do run the dirt race at Bristol, it's not like they have a true dirt race car that they run there. And uh, so it's an adjustment for everybody because it doesn't have a lot of the suspensions and and everything in it that a true dirt car has. So it will be interesting to see how he does this. And, and how it goes this year to see how they've adjusted the the current car to it. I know the test was quite interesting that they had with the new less downforce package, 30% less downforce, and they had the 50-minute the practice session last night. And it was interesting to see how much better the Fords were during that practice session than they had been at uh, California and Las Vegas. Yeah, and uh, I just I just love to see drivers go into other disciplines than the one they're most accustomed to. And, uh, you know, Bristol is not a true dirt track. It's a paved track with dirt put on it. But, I mean, it's watching it on TV, it looks about the same to me. Well, that's not the point that I'm making. I mean, they run dirt, you know, true dirt races over there. They don't just run the NASCAR Cup and Truck Series there. They've got a whole series of dirt races over there. Right. So it's not the fact that it's it's dirt on concrete. The fact is that the cars and the trucks don't have the, they're not built for dirt track racing. Right. Yeah, I know what you meant. You know, that's the key thing there. Yeah. Um, You said you watched the ARCA race last night. I thought that was pretty entertaining. It took them a while to get it finished. They had, I think, a couple of overtimes. But... My goodness, these young drivers. Uh, I remember when 20, you know, Joey Logano or Kyle Busch, even before that, were so, you know, young. But according to what they were saying last night, and by the way, I think Jamie Little does a really good job. I don't know how you feel about it, but I like her uh, calling the ARCA races. And uh, uh, I like Jamie. She definitely paid her dues and worked her way up and definitely deserves to be there. Yeah, I, I think she does an excellent job. But, you know, I had, I told, as I said earlier, I had never seen so many rookie bumpers in a race in my life. And the, uh, I know at one point she said the average age 
was uh, 16 years old of the top three and or top four, and I said, "What?" And so I got to looking at it, and then the guy that won the race, uh, Ty Reef, is only uh, 15. So right. uh, th- that's a uh, that's amazing. I know they're getting started young, and, and Arca, as they said, uh, if you can prove you can drive, evidently Arca, Arca, I don't know if they have any cutoff on age whatsoever, but I tell you, a 15-year-old doing a, a job like he did was, I thought, pretty astounding. It was, but I think what we've lost sight of is the Arca Menard Series West is what used to be known as the K&N Series West, which before that was the NASCAR Winston West, you know. So uh, I think when we hear ARCA, at least I know I do, I immediately think of the main ARCA Series that runs at Daytona for its season opener in Charlotte. And, you know, whereas ARCA Menard West and ARCA Menard East is what used to be K&N Series east and west and that's where you have those younger drivers now there is a limitation now what that will be that can be like when they go there and um sometimes such as uh iowa speedway it'll be the main arca series it'll be a combo race of arca and arca west or arca east uh i think dover may be one of those combo races uh but the, if you're under 18, you still can't drive on a track larger than a mile. So that young driver that won last night at Phoenix could not drive at Daytona until he's 18. Okay. Well, so they do have that. That has to be until you're 18, just like in the NASCAR Cup truck Xfinity Series, you can't drive on the bigger track. Leave it to Deb. She knows the answers. That's why she's the best and that makes that makes a lot of sense you know my next comment was going to be 15 is just a little bit too young uh i'd like it moved to 16 but after what deb said they can't run nothing but smaller tracks till they turn 18 so deb summed it up right there i I don't feel from a safety standpoint or or a rookie or whatever, I felt a whole lot better about that. Deb, that was some good information to share with us. And I just got a text, a couple of them, as a matter of fact, from Mike Hill, our, that we were speaking about earlier. Mike's a great great friend and listener. He says, that, and I was right, uh, Jonathan Davenport's name nickname is Superman, and he said that Ty Reef won the uh, million dollars at Eldora last year, and I certainly didn't realize that. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that either. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Mike knows his stuff. I tell you what, between you and Mike, we we don't uh, we don't miss too much. Especially, you know, I, I concentrate on the history, but you guys uh, keep us up to date on what's going on. Deb, uh, speaking of Mike Hill, his brother Alan's fishing again today, so we can give you a little bit of extra time. What I screwed up with last week, I didn't uh, play a commercial right now, and it almost threw the whole show out of whack. So. Uh, let me, do a, let, me do, let me do a break right now. I'll put you on hold, and um, we'll give you a few more minutes when you come back, and we'll just let you run with uh, whatever you'd like. How about that? Okay. Sounds good. Thank okay. You. Let's take a break. We'll come back, talk to Deb Williams some more. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. Alex, I see you got a new car. Yeah, man, it's sweet. Room for Titus and all his stuff, but it's missing something. Like what? Well, you know how Titus likes Tupac. Naturally. Well, the new car doesn't have the bass like my old car did. You need to take it to Elite Audio. They can add bass to a factory system. Seriously? Yeah, while you're there, let them add a remote start so the car is warm when you and Titus get in in the morning. I also saw they can add LED headlights, which you should look at, Clary, because you can't see anything. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Check out all they can do at EliteAudioOnline.com plus their Facebook page. Apparently, you can't hear either. What? Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call local State Farm agent Cliff Gobert at 597-1200. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees.
And welcome back to Start Your Engines. We've still got Deb Williams on the line. I hope. You still there, Deb? I'm still here. Let's do the point standings before it gets away from us. And uh, we've got a few more minutes. We can let Deb. i got something I want to ask her about. But uh, as of right now, somehow or another, I went from the 9 to the 99, and I've got a pretty dead gum good lead right here. Of course, it won't last, but uh, I've got an eight-point lead. Lanny has four, and Ronnie and Deb have three each. Greg has yet to uh, to scratch yet, so uh, Deb, you go ahead and go first. So, gee, I'm uh, looking here yesterday at final practice, and that's rather interesting. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ryan Blaney. Ooh, I know. Uh, Lanny's going to like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lanny, well, is, uh, that's okay. Um, Deb's got uh, Blaney, and um, go ahead, Ronnie. Who do you think? I'm going to go out on a limb and pick Harvick. Harvick? Okay. And, Greg, you got a pick? You know, I, I, I had some pretty good luck last year. Uh, I'm going to go with Logano. All right, that's a good choice. And, uh, Lanny, if you want to text me one in, that'll be fine. I'm going to stick with the with what I've been doing. My uh, Tootsie's Lounge car is doing real well. So I'll, I'll stick with uh, Daniel Suarez, and we will uh, see what we shall see. I think they qualify this afternoon. I believe Xfinity qualifies at 1230, followed by Cup. So uh, that will be taking place today. We have a guest at 11 o'clock, our Legends guest this week. Deb, is uh, Waddell Wilson, do you have any uh, reminiscence of Waddell for us? I know you were probably very active back in the, when he was in his heyday back in the, the 70s and 80s. You know, Waddell and I are from the same neck of the woods, so to speak. He grew up in the uh, uh, western North Carolina mountains as well. And uh, I was really happy when the Wood Brothers selected him and he was awarded at the NMPA convention the Wood Brothers Award for his outstanding contributions and achievements in the sport and uh, I was always told by some of the veteran reporters that the reason he and Kale Yarborough made such an excellent team was because Kale could really manhandle a car and you know, what else could put the horsepower in the car? He couldn't necessarily make the car handle, but that was something that wasn't an issue with Kale. So that was the reason he and Kale were so successful together. But, you know, Waddell's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He's yep. in some other Hall of Fames. And it's just amazing and wonderful what he accomplished. And it's interesting for him to talk about when he was working with Holman and Moody in the 1960s and they were I remember he told us this on the first media tour and that was that Fred Lorenzen liked his engine and when they went to a track the engines were just supposed to be potluck as to who got what engines at Holman and Moody and he and Fred Lorenzen worked out a system where Fred knew which engine was what else <laughs> where he was always able to get Waddell's engine. And um, I don't know if Waddell still do, does it or not, 
but uh, back when I was working with Illustrated, Winston Cup Illustrated in the 1980s, Waddell was a magnif a grower of magnificent, beautiful roses. Oh, really? He, yes. Uh, I don't know if he still does that or not, but um, he yeah, did. He, did. he he rose he, he he done roses. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Waddell's a very special person. I think uh, him is a, a very special friend too, and uh, it's always nice to have him and and see uh, his wife and and all of them when I get to and. It was nice to see both of them at the National Motorsports Press Association convention this year. Yeah, we're looking forward to talking to Waddell. I was saying earlier that he's one of the few. I don't know if he still would or not, but when we used to do all those things at Alex Beams and you know all the different places where we would have signing autographs and selling books and things, uh, he's one of the few that knew me by my first name, which uh, always made me very proud. I tell you, who else used to talk a lot about Waddell Wilson was. James Hilton, uh, when they were in the same engine room at Hallman Moody, and uh, James would say, "Yeah, look at Waddell Wilson, and look where I wound up." But you know, it was uh, had to be a, a great time back in those days. And he won two of those three championships. He won with uh, our own David Pearson up at Hallman Moody. So uh, mm-hmm. pretty good cars, mm-hmm. pretty good Fords and Chevrolets. What else you got for us, Deb? We will give you a few more minutes. You got something? Well, I was uh, one thing that I thought. Kevin Harvick was interesting on the Zoom conference uh, this week. He was talking about that as he transitions from being a full-time driver into TV for next year since he's stepping out of uh, the car at the end of the season, he said he's having to work on rebranding himself, and he's having to educate uh, a lot of the new fans and younger fan base that was not aware of the first half of his career. So he said while doing what he's doing this year and competing and going for a championship and winning races, he's also having to educate a new fan base to 30 years of his career so that when he steps into the TV booth next year and he says something, they understand why he's credible and why he needs to to be there and why they should listen to what he's saying and all. So I thought that was rather interesting that Kevin said, was talking about that he needed to rebrand himself, and that's one thing he's working on this year in addition to doing the usual path of winning races every week, working to win races every week. I thought it was pretty interesting, and I never was a big Harvick fan. I thought it was a fascinating story when he won right after he took over for Earnhardt. That was a, a great story back then. But uh, one of the races... It was, and, and he said he doesn't really remember much about that day. He said that, you know, he understands the impact of it now more than he understood it that day. Oh, it, it, I and, mean, his life must have been just a swirl at that time with everything that was happening yeah. to him so fast and to the sport in general. Right, and, you know, he remembers the crowd being able to hear the crowd above the cars which was really phenomenal to him at that particular time but um, that's an interesting contrast to when he won Darlington and there was no crowd and he got out and talked about how quiet it was yeah yeah 
And, you know, that was one thing that a lot of the drivers really had difficulty adjusting to. I know Clint Boyer made the comment at Bristol after the Chase Elliott-Joy Logano incident, and he climbed out of the car, and he said, you know, if the fans had been there, you would have heard them screaming and hollering and all. And he said it was weird to just step out of the car and just get in your car and go home, and there was just quietness. There was no crap. And I think that was a really good wake-up call to everybody in the sport as to how instrumental everybody's role is in making the sport what it is, whether you're a fan, a reporter, a driver, a crew member, you know, whatever. Uh, Everybody has a role that's extremely important. Yeah. What I was going to say was uh, it was one of the first races uh, this year. I guess it was last week when they were at California. He went riding around – through his old neighborhood, pointing out that's the house I grew up in and this, that, and here's the, our old shop, you know, and it's not a race shop anymore. I, there was some just a bunch of stuff in there. And uh, I, I kind of like that personal insight to somebody that I never have been that crazy about. But I, I'm kind of warming up. You know, I never liked Walter until he retired. So I, I kind of warm up to these people, some of them, when they quit. Well, I covered Harvick his entire career. And it's been very interesting to me to see how he has changed since he became a father and since he started doing uh, broadcasts at times, doing the commentary for the races. It's suddenly like he understands the media side of the world now, and uh, his interviews have become so much better and he's matured as a person and it's been interesting to me to watch how he has changed or how he has matured from the person that first came in and won the Xfinity Series Championship and then his Cup Championship and moved from Childress to Stuart Haas it's been very interesting to me to watch Kevin Harvick mature as a person yeah and he stayed you know, when he gets with a team, like you just said, I mean, he's he's only been with two. And uh, that's kind of hard to do as long as he's been around. Deb, you got about a minute. Anything else you want to say? No, can't think of anything other than it should be a very interesting race tomorrow at Phoenix with the way this final practice session looks because I know some of the drivers, such as Ross Chastain, who did so well there last year in the season finale, was 26 in practice yesterday, and he said he was just couldn't get a handle on it. Said it was just so loose and everything. He was, uh, as I guess to use a mountain term, befuzzled. But <laughs> um, it was interesting to see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had the seventh quickest time in the final practice yesterday. So it's it's interesting. Uh, Brad Keselowski was six, and Harrison Burton was eight. So it's definitely going to be an interesting race tomorrow to see who has this new package figured out because they do have 30% less downforce than they did when they were last year. Well, Lanny's picking Truex. I just uh, texted you the the picks for this week, and I don't know about Charlotte up where you are, but it's going to be a great day to stay inside tomorrow. And uh, I know at my house there will be a fire going. It's going to be 45 degrees and rainy, so good day to stay inside and watch sports on television, especially NASCAR. Yeah, they, 
they actually have the uh, winter weather advisory out for Watauga, Avery, Ash, and Wilkes County until 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. So, yeah, we've definitely got some winter weather coming back in, which makes me fearful for the apple and the peach crop. Mm, that's true. One, one other thing is the um, uh, NHRA season kicks off this weekend with the Gator Nationals in Gainesville, Florida. Now, Tony Stewart, so, I guess, is in that, right? Well, it'll, they'll be top alcohol dragster. He'll have his top alcohol dragster because he's running full-time. Yeah. But um, it's just NASCAR and NHRA this weekend. Well, next weekend we'll have them all going again. So, uh, Deb, it's great. Good. It's great having you on. Yeah, 12 hours of Sebring. We'll be talking to Mike about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you very much, Deb. You're the best, and you always uh, you always make our show better. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right. Have thank a good week. You too. Deb Williams, who, uh, who is she, Ronnie? She's the smartest woman I know. Smartest woman I know, too. I can kind of quickly sum up the cup race last week here, and i got like two and a half minutes to do it. It was the um, Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas, and it was won by William Byron. Kyle Larson was second. Alex Bowman third. Bubba Wallace was fourth. Christopher Bell was fifth. Austin Sendrick sixth. Martin Truex seventh. Justin Haley had a good run with eighth for eighth. Kevin Harvick was ninth. And my man in the Tootsie's Orchid Lounge car is was tenth. Daniel Suarez, real proud of the job Daniel's doing so far. Um, the point standings, as of right now, the uh, playoff standings is what we are interested in. Of course, uh, Kyle Busch is leading, Ricky Stenhouse is second, and William Byron is third, and they all have wins, so they've already transferred over to the playoffs. So the next guys without wins, Ross Chastain is fourth, Alex Bowman fifth, Kevin Harvick, 6th. Daniel Suarez, 7th. Martin Truex, Jr. is 8th. Denny Hamlin, ninth; Christopher Bell, 10th. Joey Logano, 11th. Chris Boucher, 12th. Brad Keselowski is 13th. Kyle Larson, 14th. Ryan Blaney, 15th. And the last guy, if the playoffs started today, would be Bubba Wallace. On the outside looking in, Austin Sendrick, Corey LaJoy, A.J. Allmendinger, and Ty Gibbs. So... That's essentially your top 20, and they will be running tomorrow for the United Rentals Work United 500, and that's Sunday at 3.30 on Fox. And we'll go over the whole television lineup coming up here in a little bit. And um, Kyle Larson kind of had that one won last week, but a late caution flag, as we talked about, let William Byron slip by, and he... uh, won the race and transfers over to the championship, which takes a lot of load off their mind. What you got, Ronnie? Got 10 seconds. Just, just looking. Just, just, looking, just around. looking around. All right. Good to have you over there. Well, Good to did see you. you know, did you know that Toots' Orchid Lounge had a back door directly to the backstage area of the Grand Ole Opry? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know the geography worked on that. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Okay. Well, I've been to both. I just didn't remember. But, uh, okay, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to that great Grower of Roses, Waddell Wilson, you are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG Spartanburg. 
here's what you need to know. We've got some fresh NFL contract restructuring news on this Saturday morning. ESPN reports the Los Angeles Chargers restructured the contracts of pass rushers Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, creating $26 million of salary cap space. ESPN also reporting the Raiders restructured the contract of pass rusher Max Crosby, creating about $7.5 million of cap space, while the New York Jets collectively restructured $15 million worth of cap space. NBA Friday night, Lakers over Toronto, 122-112. to The Lakers have won 6 of 8. Joel Embiid, the game-winning jumper with 1.5 to play, giving the Sixers a 120-119 to win over Portland. And a college basketball conference tournament championship game about to tip off. Vermont against UMass Lowell in the America East conference championship game. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. At Janney, your goals are our priority. When you work with Janney, it's about going beyond investing. It's about connecting your life and finances. When it comes to managing your wealth, you probably have plenty of questions and more than a little uncertainty. What you need is a plan built to connect your goals to your wealth. Financial advisor Trent Lancaster is here for you. Trent can build a tailored financial plan and make recommendations that are aligned with your best interests based on your unique needs, goals, and preferences. Conveniently located in the Spartanburg office, Trent can discuss how he can help you connect your life and finances. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. Spartanburg, when you're looking for the home of the best sports coverage around, we're talking about greatest ever, spectacular talent. Good news, you're already there. It's us. Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. We're your home for the Spartanburg Vikings, the Atlanta Braves, the South Carolina Gamecocks, and Duke basketball. Plus, your most trusted source for the best high school coverage around. This is Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. Gentlemen, start your engines. Live.
live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore, and here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines, and it's an honor to welcome to our show Hall of Fame crew chief and engine builder, Greg Moore says, the greatest engine builder that ever lived, Waddell Wilson. Good morning, Waddell. Good morning. How are you, gentlemen? We're doing great up here in Spartanburg. How are you? Good day. Good day. Yeah, i tell you what, uh, Waddell, the, the, the weather is a beautiful day for race yeah. and, and uh no I've, I've always i've always said that without a doubt you, you're one of the greatest of all time and um i'm trying to think what we kind of need to start with I, I think we need to i'd like to hear some of the stuff about what we're building the 427 and the stuff for lorenzen and then uh you know you built the motor that uh andretti one day tony and i mean your list of wins goes on and on but could you kind of tell us a little bit about about that deal? Because that, that was, I was a little boy. I remember it, but uh, kind of tell us what what was like working working for John Holman and uh, developing the skills that you got and that sort of thing. Well, you know, when I went to work for Holman Moody and they put me in the engine room, and they really wanted to get rid of me <laughs> from Virginia. You know, they was in the engine room, and, and and the general manager, he was from Virginia, and he didn't want me in there. But John Holman hired me. And then when I come in the first day of work, you know, the general manager come to me, and I knew then I was in trouble because I could tell the look on his face. They stuck me in the engine room, and they would give me things to do, and I didn't understand, you know, what, why they were doing it because they didn't know nothing about me, but I was able to do what they gave me. And this went on for, for about a month, and uh, this guy, Hard Rock, he came to the Hall of Fame about three years ago. And he said, let me tell you the rest of your story. They put you in the engine room to get rid of you. <laughs> and they, every time you go to lunch, they'd look at what you was doing, and they was trying to find a mistake. And finally, they, Lee Terry said, we can't find a thing wrong with him. Yes, we ought to keep him. It must be something special. <laughs> so it's nothing there. Yeah, but well, I didn't know. Did, didn't John Holman come up to you or something and uh, uh, kind of said, look, you're, running, you're building these great engines, but don't get caught cheating. So your motors were always straight up. They were right cubic inch wide and everything else. Uh, I well, thought that was interesting. John Holman, I'll have to give him a credit for this and not I didn't like cheating, period. But he put that finger in my chest two or three different times. He said, what else? If you get caught cheating, I'll fire you. And knowing that old man, he would have fired me. <laughs> and that was the greatest thing ever happened because I can't say at one time that I was cheating. The engines was legal. The cars was legal. I got accused of a lot of things, but there was nothing ever proved wrong with it because there wasn't nothing wrong. And if there had been, and you know as I know it, the, the driver would know about it, the crew members would know about it, and it spread like wildfire. What? So, what? 
Now, I was, anyway, they, you know. Go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, that, you know, they, at the end of 63, uh, Ralph Moody and, the, and Lorenzo come back and said, we want to see the Jackman on our car. I'm like, I never jacked a race car, but I'll do it. And I was good in sports in high school, so, you know, Jack car. But the main thing was he was wanting to get my engine. And, <clears throat> you know, it's it, always talking about, you know, who was doing this and that. So, you know, and then I'd build engine for Lorenzo from then on until he retired and then Pearson came in. But then, you know, in 67, you're talking about Mario. We were at Daytona. Mario was complaining about his engine. We was down there a couple of weeks, if you remember, back then. And <clears throat> Mario said, Lorenzo's got a lot better engine than I've got. So finally, Homer called me and he said, you need to get back to the shop and build, build Mario an engine. So anyway, we got him an engine. And I brought it down. I filled the tractor trailer down the night before the before the 125. I brought him down there and, and told Lorenzo his engine number, Mario his engine number. And so anyway, I didn't know nothing about what happened to Mario until he told me this about three or four years ago when he was inspecting in the Southern Motorsports Hall of Fame. And he said, you know, I went to get that engine. They didn't want to let me have it. Finally, I just overpowered him and got the engine. And he said, we'll put it in the car. That thing picked up 400 RPMs. He said, he said I knew that I had them covered. But then, you know, I built Lorenzo and engine. They laughed the field that day. And <clears throat> Mario won the race, Lorenzo run second. And then them boys got mad at me on race car. I said, you give Mario a better engine. You couldn't win for losing. <laughs> Is it true that in that Daytona 500 that when uh, Lorenzo would make his pit stops or and Andretti would make his pit stops, there was some, some monkey business going on there to, to sort of give an advantage to Lorenzo? No, no. Huh. The thing about it was, you know, Lorenzo had his normal regular picture, and you had to be good on that picture. If you wasn't, he would replace you in a minute. And But anyway, we they had a makeshift on Mario's car, and he'd, we'd come out way ahead of him, and Mario would run us down the pipe. And he'd done that the way it pretty much went to most of the day. And then, they, you know, like I said, they are running up one or two, but... No, there wasn't nothing like that going on. You know, they just didn't have near the picture that we had. We, we, we had one of the best pictures on the on the pit road. Was that Herb Nab on that crew? At that time, it was Jack Sullivan. Jack Sullivan, that's right. That's right, Jack. Yeah. Then, I'm, I'm then after after Jack, you know, then it was Herb. No, Herb was first, and then Jack. Yeah. And, and you uh, you built Fireball Roberts engines uh, as well, right? It won the 63 Southern 500? Yeah. You know, that was one one great guy to work with, Fireball. He, I mean, he was the only man that ever hit me on pit road. And we was at Daytona in 63, and it was the July race. And anyway, he just kept him after setting up on pit road he said now well, wherever you go with that signboard because back then we didn't have radios or anything he said i'm gonna follow you and he told me that two or three t- times and, you know when he gets in that car you know that back then he had dungarees t-shirt penny loafers no gloves three-quarter helmets that's how they drove those race cars back then didn't have no protection 
Yeah. So anyway, the last pit stop, he couldn't, there wasn't no pit road speed, no, you know, no box you had to stop in or anything like that. So he was coming at me, and I had the board up, and I had them old drum brakes back then. They wasn't very good. And when he got a pit away from me, I said, there ain't no way he can stop that thing. And I could go right or left, he's going to follow me. And when he got close to me and had the distance, that I jumped straight up, and he run up under me, and I landed back on the windshield, rolled off the car, and went ahead and done the job. And he never, and he ended up winning the race that day. Yep. He never said one word about it. That was the only time of all the years I would have a pit wall most of the time changing front tire. Yeah. But anyway, he was a great guy to work with. Yeah, were you building his car at Charlotte when he lost his life? I mean, was that your engine there? No, I don't. I don't remember if that was not because then I was building an engine for Lorenzo. Okay, all right. Hey, we just had a. I, I'm going to digress here for just a second. We we just had Deb Williams on before you, and she said that uh, all your Hall of Fame uh, in auto racing is. Very well deserved, but you were a heck of a rose grower. What? What's? That's the first I've ever heard of you growing roses. You're not supposed to know about that. <laughs> well, no, it was just a hobby. It did. It did. My wife, she went to one of the stores and bought some roses one time, put them in the ground, and ate it. They didn't live, and I made fun of her. <laughs> said, well, you can do any better. You go get some. Well, okay. So I go to where they sold them, and I got all the information I could how they make them both grow, and that, and then it went from there. But I enjoyed it, that little bit, you know. Yeah, at 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 at, uh, at Rose Garden, that I, I do remember that. But uh, uh, why do you know one race that pops in my mind? I mean, we, the, the Gray Ghost and, and and a lot of things. This the list goes on and on. But uh, I do remember we had an incident out in the, uh, and it's in a pleasant memory, but it was out in Sonoma, and you were building the motors for Rudd and also the crew chief. And, uh, you know, we kind of had a little bit of con- t- Tell me about that whole deal. I mean, that, that was one of those deals I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, NASCAR well, invented like that at, at the last minute. They just invented it. Kind of tell me how, how that transpired as far as Ricky running. Well, the first thing, Dick Beatty didn't show up out there at Sonoma. And uh, Russ, Russ Lichter, Les Richter, he was running the show. And, you know, he really didn't know nothing about racing. He, you know, he was an NFL football player. So. Exactly right, yeah. And anyway, it come down, to, and Dick had told us, that, you know, don't go beating each, beating up on each other, you know, until the last couple of laps didn't have that. And he told us that in the driver's meeting, whenever he was holding the driver's meeting, which we always did for the race. And then he come down the end, and, and coming into the last turn, coming to the white flag, you know, the 28 car, he got slowed down Davey out better than Ricky did, and he bumped him and shot him out of the lane. And then pass him and come on. Well, they didn't give us the white flag. I think that what the heck is that? Then we come around and they wouldn't give us the checker. They give it to, to Dave. So then we went into it in, in the off the hall. And I remember, Dick, I remember 
Dick Beatty would have been there, it wouldn't have been that way. But anyway, I remember Bill France said, Waddell, don't get this personal, please. You know, because I was hysteric about it. And anyway, they they wouldn't give it back to race. They first had it finished the 19th, and then they finally gave us, put us back in second place. Mm. But that was that was the most horrible call that I've ever seen in my life. That was a bad one. You know? And I can remember watching yeah. it on TV because I had not made that trip out there. Uh, <laughs> and I couldn't believe what I was seeing on the TV set. And uh, me and my brother were sitting there and, and was watching it and said, surely that, that they ain't doing this. And uh, they ain't doing this. And, and Ricky, who, you know, he, he drove us for, for a great race driver for four years. Oh, yeah. And uh, he... Uh, Ricky said, I knew something this ridiculous would result out of a bad NASCAR call, and I knowed, it, it, I figured it, it, it was going to happen to me. Well, it happened to you, him, and the whole team. And uh, I know that they, Dick Beatty called me the next day himself and said, he told me, he said, that was a bad call. If I'd have been there, he said, that wouldn't happen. That's right. Yeah. That's before, right. Before we have to let you go, Waddell, I mean, Today's NASCAR, um, with the way the engines are, uh, you, you don't, there are no big name engine builders. I mean, you, there's no, um, n- none of the, none of the big names like, uh, uh, even Smokey Unit yourself, um, I'm leaving out millions of good ones. Runt Pittman, I mean, there's names everywhere. What, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's just, it's taking a whole different personality out of the sport where you used to talk about the great engine builders and now, they're they're forgotten. I mean, they're who knows who they are in some factory someplace. Well, it's down to two or three. You know, one company builds a Ford engine, one builds a GM. So anyway, it's assembly line. It got that way right after I left, got out of it. Then you know, it's just assembly line. One guy hone the block, one guy fit pistons, one guy do the assembly head on the heads. I mean, you know, it's just. Line. It wasn't nobody getting no credit for nothing. But anyway, and his cooker cake, you know, it was just all of them the same. Wasn't no difference in any engines and no, but no expertise went into it, you know, other than just, you know, this is the way, the, this is the blueprint you go by and this is it. And the cars the same way. And now you just, you know, they took the mechanics out of it. Yeah. Because they give you all the parts and pieces you put it together. Like a puzzle, and that's it. it took all the I personality out of it. Yeah, definitely. It it, it's, it's like it, it just takes a it takes a big personal chunk out of it. Uh, oh yeah, and and it, it, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, if, I, if you want to lease I the motor, but I even I even we talked about this the other day but when I was calling to see if you'd be able to on the show and stuff and you know uh, he was running the Chevrolet and the Oldsmobile and uh, got with got with Kale and y'all built a Ford motor and away away y'all went and I, I said why, did, why wouldn't you build me and, me and Bud a motor you should have why, did, why didn't you ever build a, me and Bud a motor <laughs> Well, Bud wanted me to come down and go to work, and I didn't want to try Spartanburg, and I didn't want to move. So, you know, I had a lot of respect for Bud, though. He was a great guy, and he was great in, in racing. He 
he'd done a lot for racing. But uh, I didn't want to do that. But uh, I had a lot of respect for you guys. Well, Dale, we're going to have to let you go. We're coming up against the break here. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, it's, it's an honor to have you on the show. And I miss the times we used to sit next to each other at these uh, autograph signing things and selling books and signing cards. And it's, it's great having you on the show. And, and uh, keep safe, my friend. We, uh, we love having you uh, come on and talk to us every year. Well, thanks to me and Greg for calling me. And thanks to all you guys. And we should have been. Okay, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next year, maybe before then. That'll be good. All Just right. Let me know. All right, buddy. Thank you. That's Waddell Wilson. A great one there, Greg. He, he I'm telling you, the, the cat. But I don't think Daryl would have liked it if he looked up and saw Waddell Wilson standing there. Well. Your brother. No. no well, yeah, there's always a little bit of pride factor and stuff. But uh, I do remember now, Daddy did offer him a job. And uh, but I think Waddell know that Hemi Buzz's uh, personality might not fit in or something. Okay, well we're gonna take a break here. We're gonna come back and talk to a car or okay. the man that wrote about a car, yeah. Scott Anderson. And you are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Get in the game. It's fall savings time, and your countdown to kickoff starts now at Greer Nissan. Tackle a brand new Nissan Sentra for a low 221 a month. Score big in a new Nissan Altima, now just 283 a month. Run away in a brand new 2023 Nissan Rogue, only 330 a month. Or low 1.9% financing is available at Greer Nissan. Get more for your trade. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Kick off your savings at Greer Nissan. Call 864-479-1197 for details. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. 
Weekdays at 3 p.m. It's Spartanburg County's longest-running radio show. The sports voice across the region for nearly 20 years. There is no substitute for decades of experience. Talking everything local, from high school football and basketball to Carolina and Clemson. It's open mic. And we have the studs. With Ryan Clary, Alex Smith, and Anthony Greer. Don't miss a moment beginning weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And I have a very interesting guest that was introduced to me by a mutual friend of ours. Um, And he has written... One of the most interesting stories that I think I've read in a long, long time. In fact, I read it for the third time last night. And his name is Scott Anderson up in Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing, Scott? I'm great, sir. Yourself? Doing very well, thank you. Um, I've talked a little bit about it before you came on the air, and even a little bit last week. But you wrote this article um, or this story called The Car. And The Car... Uh, it's about the 1979 24 Hours of Le Mans, but you didn't exactly write about it from a reporter's point of view. You wrote about it from the car point of view, which is fascinating. Tell us how you came up with this, and uh, and it, it's just a, a great thing you've done. I love I love reading it. Well, I appreciate that very much. It's it's an intriguing perspective when you try to put yourself in the position of, of providing. Uh, an animate life to an inanimate object. But that's what we were challenged to do in a writing class that I participate in. And I got to thinking about, I've been around race cars since 1964, 1965, sports racers primarily, but you, you, you think about race cars and you think about people giving them names or they talk to the race cars and all of a sudden you consider, well, what if that car had a personality? And so I just tried to approach the story from that perspective and this particular car piqued my interest because it was the first production car to uh, win at Le Mans when it won in 79 since 1953 so it had been a long time coming but it's it's got a story even beyond Le Mans but the the ability to write like you are an inanimate object is is a little bit of a different perspective and I hope it came across as something that's that's believable. Oh, it's very believable. <laughs> that's what makes it so great. Um, now, you you picked this particular car, and needless to say, there's thousands of famous race cars. Uh, but why did you pick this particular car? Well, it's got just such a fascinating history associated with it. I mean, it was one of the very first. Uh, Kramer K3-935s that were ever built, and they participated that year in Le Mans uh, for the first time. Kramer entered two cars, 
they had a number of other cars that they had built, but they'd sold them off to, to privateers like Dick Barber, uh, George Luce, those guys. But they were not K3s. The K3 was a really intricately modified vehicle. There were almost 100 changes that uh, the Kramer brothers made to it from the time that Porsche rolled it off the assembly line as a 935. Uh, it was one of the first cars to use carbon fiber for its body. I mean, Kramer went to DP uh, and and worked on the body uh, to get it streamlined. They changed from a air-to-water intercooler for the turbos to an air-to-air intercooler to save weight. I mean, the whole car was just so meticulously built out, and really to give it a, you know a two or three percent advantage over other. Porsches during that time period, but you take two or three percent over a twenty-four hour period of time. It's, it's going to be a pretty good advantage for you. Well, it, it, oh, go ahead, Ronnie. Uh, how did you si- decide what kind of personality this car was going to have? Good question. It just kind of, un- <laughs> really, just kind of unfolded as as I started writing the story. I I wanted the car to be uh, fairly sensitive because. Race cars are finicky. I mean, you know, you look at guys that have named race cars, you know, Jeff Gordon had Blacker. Uh, Junior had Emma. Uh, a lot of guys have named their cars. Lots of but them. They name them. Sorry? I said lots of them I have. Yeah. But you, you think of it in terms of, of, you know, the car's personality. And I wanted this car to be sensitive, but I also wanted it to be strong. And that was really the perspective that I tried to create when I when I wrote the character. What was really, I mean, the whole thing is interesting from the beginning to the end, but um, the car had a, a, a top-notch road racing uh, specialist with uh, uh, Klaus Ludwig as the driver. And then these two other guys from Texas come along, rich guys, and we ultimately found out how they were what got them their wealth but uh the whittington brothers and it was almost you could feel that the car was like well i got a top-notch guy here as the main driver but i don't i don't know about these other two uh and the car was very skeptical of the whittington brothers yeah i think the the line that i used in there perry was you know uh from the car's perspective it said i hope i can survive this rental yeah, <laughs> you know, because that's essentially that's essentially what it was. I mean, you know, the the, the Whittingtons paid twenty thousand dollars a piece to buy the seat for the twenty four hours Le Mans in this car. Ludwig was the hired gun that the Kramer uh, brothers had brought in to ensure that the car would perform at its best. And just prior to the race, they were talking about strategy and. The Kramer said, okay, we're going to start Klaus. He's going to do, you know, the first couple of stints. And then we'll put, you know, you Whittington's in there and see where we go from there. <laughs> At which point in time the Whittington said, whoa, 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 what, what are you talking about? We, we paid $20,000 a piece, and we're not going to get to drive first? And the Kramers are very protective of their name and their reputation. And they said, you know, look, we race for Porsche, for Kramer, for Klaus, and, you know, we make those decisions when it comes to the strategy for the car. And the Whittingtons looked at each other, and they kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, well, okay, what's it going to take for us to make those decisions? 
and rather jokingly, Erwin uh, uh, Kramer said, well, you know, you can always buy the car. And Don Whittington said, how much? <laughs> and at the time, you could buy a 935 for about $100,000. And the, the uh, Kramer brothers threw out a number of, it depends on which story you look at, but it, 200, 240, or two, 290. So over twice the price that you could buy the car for. And they said, Don and Bill looked at each other and said, okay, that's fine. Let's buy it. Bill, you take uh, Manfred back to the trailer, go to our <laughs> duffel bag, and you count out $200,000. Go to the duffel and bag. And give it to him. <laughs> yeah, go to the duffel bag in the trailer. <laughs> and so he went to the duffel bag in the trailer. They counted out $200,000, brought it back, and said, you know, the, the they had a little laugh over it. Uh, they said, Okay, now you've, you've owned the car. Which of you is going to start the race? And they flipped a coin. The Whittington brothers did to decide who was going to drive first. Well, what is so amazing? I mean, the whole thing is amazing. And, of course, you're telling this from the, the point of view of the car. Paul Newman was in a similar car. I don't, you wouldn't call it a teen car, would you? But it was a very similar car. And he was uh, making fun of the Whittingtons on how they got taken. You know, he finally got them to tell them how much he, they paid for you know, for the car, and, you know, Paul Newman couldn't believe it, and, and uh, it's just a great interaction between all of these people, and I guess the most amazing thing of all is, despite, or or in spite, or the, the Whittington brothers, they won the race, had a 13-lap lead, Ronnie, and the, with the oil pump belt, some belt broke on the Molson straightaway. It was the, uh, it was a fuel pump. Fuel pump drive belt. Yeah, it's on, and the straightaway is only eight miles long, yeah. or something like that, or four mile, whatever it is. I think the whole track's eight miles. But the uh, uh, th- they lost almost the entire lead. It, he had to fix it on the back stretch to get back to the pits. The one of the Whittingtons, and when he got it fixed, he got it back, and and they lost all of the but four laps because the track's so big. They had a, a forty minute, you know, they were out of the race for forty right. minutes, and they still had enough time to get the car fixed professionally when they got it back to the pits and win the race. It's just an incredible story that actually, I guess I knew about it at the time, but I, it completely slipped my memory because I, I follow Le Mans, and that's a, just a great, you couldn't, I don't know if you could have picked a better car to ride. Think of, think of the movie this would make, Barry. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Well, you think about it. I mean, <laughs> you, I can't do everything well, I, for I you. Have, yeah. I'm getting you on the yeah, air, I but I can't, I, 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 I must, must, Hollywood connections aren't aren't like they probably should be, but um, there you go. You've done some racing yourself, uh, which is more than I ever did. I mean, I I thought about it every second of every day, but I never really got out there and did it past a go kart. But you uh, you've done some professional racing at some some uh, pretty famous venues. Well, it's it never it was never professional for me. I I started out with uh, Skip Barber back in the 70s driving Formula Fords in the school and then in the series program and did Lime Rock in Connecticut, Mid-Ohio, uh, Sebring. And then uh, in the 80s and the 90s, I raced Sports Car Club of America, uh, primarily in improved touring, and uh, and my primary track was Road Atlanta. I love Road back, Atlanta. Oh, this was before they took the dip out, and it was so much fun. It was It was really great. Great place to drive. I didn't know they took the dip out. <laughs> I haven't been there since, uh, I think the last time I went to Road Atlanta was probably 74 when uh, 
Mark Donahue was driving for Penske in the Can-Am series. Wow. Yeah, they, they took the dip out because they had, they had, they had a number of cars that the, the, the compression as you go down through the dip was so much that they had uh, tires blown out and had some pretty nasty wrecks. So they took the dip out. They've got a, like a chicane there now before you come up to the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, you're right. That, that wasn't there and that, that played a big part in, uh, I told you we're really involved here with the Wheeling Engineering uh, Cadillac uh, uh, 24-hour car. In fact, they're running next week at Sebring, and uh, um, that was a crucial part of that last lap when they won the championship back in 2021. 20, uh, but now, is there any way that um, the public can read your story? I mean, is it published any place? Uh, mm. I, I don't have it up. I uh, I guess I could send a link to you guys. Maybe you could put it on your website or oh, Facebook that'd be great. page or something. Yeah, you could do that. I've got the copy here that uh, Kittler sent me, and um, it, it's uh, yeah. But we could do that in a heartbeat. That would be no problem whatsoever. Putting it on our website. Well, the 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 beautiful thing about this car is that story doesn't stop at Le Mans. The the this car was probably one of the part of one of the greatest pranks ever played on anybody in racing. Yeah, tell us that real yeah. quick. We're getting low on time, but that's a good story. Yeah, that was uh, in in 2014. After a bunch of legal wrangling, Bruce Meyer had ended up owning this car for his collection, and of course, the Whittingtons. You alluded to their uh, illegal uh, involvement with drugs and, and tax evasion, so. They did tell uh, Yeah, they did. And uh, so Meyer is out at uh, uh, Laguna Seca, and they're having a track day, and Bruce Canapa, who is the renowned restorer on the West Coast, that had done this car, he and a bunch of their buddies got together, and they staged uh, some DEA agents <laughs> with a trailer, and they confiscated this car, and they you know, used the provenance that, oh, well, this is part of the settlement with the government that the winnings have agreed to, so we've got to confiscate the car. And Bruce Meyer was just going, he was apoplectic over the whole <laughs> thing. And after about 20 minutes, they finally brought the car back and, and let him, you know, settle down a little bit. But that, that only rich guys can play pranks like that. What a gag. Didn't you say the cars lived in the basement at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway Museum for a while? Yeah, for about a decade after wow. uh, Whittington donated it to the uh, museum, and then when he went to when they went to do time, when he got out, he wanted to go uh, vintage car racing. So he called up the Speedway and said, "Hey, I want my car back." And they said, "Well, it's ours." And he said, "No, it's mine." So they had about a ten-year uh, litigious relationship, and ended up the uh, uh, the Speedway owned the car, and then they traded it. To Meyer, he had a Kunzman Offie that uh, Troy Rutman drove to victory at Indian, so they traded that car for the 935. Oh, wow, 1952, youngest winner ever. Uh, yeah. Well, where's the car now? Uh, it's in the Peterson Museum. Peterson, uh, I couldn't in, think of that uh, name. That's a famous name for a car collector. Yeah, it's in the Peterson Museum. It's in Bruce Meyer's collection out there. Now, weren't you going out there at one point, or did you go out there... Uh, to see the car. Well, I'm, plan 
I'm planning on it. My son's getting ready to go out there and do uh, an internship, it looks like. So if he goes, I'll be on my way. And Mr. Meyer has, has read the story, and he loved it. And he said, you know, you're welcome to come and see her anytime. He labeled the car her. So, well, is, uh, Now, you and Kittle are in this uh, writing class together. Was this story written for that class, or this is just something you came up with? Uh, it it. It really was something I came up with, but I presented it to the class, and they helped me through it. Uh, they were all kind of amazed when they read through it the first time as well, uh, because we typically write about you know historic stuff or. I understand you're a big Civil War. I understand you're a big Civil War buff. I, I am, yes. Yeah. Well, you, you know, um, please, if you if you can, send me, send it to us uh, somehow. Some. Uh, link or a file or something and we'll put it on our website and by the way um uh this show that we're doing right now will be lanny will have it on our podcast um by the middle of the afternoon uh sometimes you know by two or three o'clock i get a i get a, an alert on my phone that uh show 187 or whatever this is uh of start your engines is available and all you got to do i mean you probably know this i didn't because i'm so computer illiterate but you just go to I got a little icon on my phone for podcasts, and I hit it, and I searched for this show, Start Your Engines. Two or three things came up, but you put radio or something. Anyway, you can find it. Well, you've already done this because you said you listened to some of the other shows. And, um, it'll yes, be, I did. Yeah, it, well, it'll be on uh, in a couple of hours. Lanny gets it on there real fast. But, yeah, send us awesome. a link, and, so, and we'll put it on our, uh, our uh, website. So I, I guess I better go out and run my errands before the show goes live, or, or the paparazzi will be after me. Well, I, uh, could be. I don't know how many <laughs> how many people are listening. I know that uh, we are around the world. My son, when he was in the Marine Corps, used to listen to us in Okinawa, and uh, so um, it's uh, we get we get calls from all over and texts and emails from around the world. So uh, uh, we might just be terrestrial over. Spartanburg County, South Carolina, and a little bit of Greenville and up into North Carolina, but we're around the world, and a lot of people hear us. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity, Perry. It was great being on. Well, listen, when you come back from California, I'd like to have you back on, and, and uh, we can do this again for another 20 minutes or so. Sounds great. I'll let you know. Okay. Thank you very much, Scott. Have, uh, have safe travels, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you. All See right. you. Okay, bye-bye. And uh, I didn't get a chance to tell him. You want to read this. Uh, he, yeah, his, command, his command of the English language is fantastic. I mean, if I could write like he writes and thinks and with his vocabulary, I would... I'd probably write more often. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever write another book, but he is super. He is great. He's really interesting interview. Yep. Up in Nashville. Well, let's take our last break and come back and uh, Try to wrap up the week and tell you what's coming on this weekend. Not a whole lot this weekend, but, boy, it'll be wide open next. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Get in the game. It's fall savings time, and your countdown to kickoff starts now at Greer Nissan. Tackle a brand-new Nissan Sentra for a low $221 a month. Score big in a new Nissan Altima, now just $283 a month. Run away in a brand-new 2023 Nissan Rogue, only $330 a month. Or low 1.9% financing is available at Greer Nissan. Get more for your trade. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Kick off your savings at Greer Nissan. Call 864-479-1197 for details. Business owners have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored, 
Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting clients' needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing services and solutions tailored to fit your unique needs and preferences to help clients reach their personal and business goals. When you're seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Country Meat Center in Woodruff is well known for our great cuts of beef, pork, and chicken. But we're so much more than just a great butcher shop. We also offer locally grown produce, delicious cakes and pies, a fully stocked deli with boar's head meats and cheeses, seafood brought in fresh from Charleston, as well as a great selection of wild game like bison, ostrich, and kangaroo for the adventurous home chef. We are locally owned and operated and will be happy to fill all your grocery needs. Shop local at the Country Meat Center, located at 10297 Highway 221, open 830 to 7, Monday through Saturday. While the weather is bad, get your gear ready now. Spartan Photo Center has the necessary tools to clean your cameras and lenses. They do mirrorless and DSLR sensor cleanings, and don't forget about your tripods. Spartan Photo Center stocks the quick releases to mount your camera to the tripod, as well as Manfrotto and Bogan tripod parts to fix the one you have. Or you can get a new Suray or Manfrotto tripod now before the weather turns nice and you need it. Don't forget Spartan Photo has camera bags, backpacks, and waterproof cases. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, Spartanburg, or SpartanPhotoCenter.com. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And uh, what a great show, Greg, uh, with uh, Waddell Wilson and Scott Anderson. He was great, and I can't wait to talk to him again. Okay, 
Let's. Uh, I've got 11 minutes and 50 seconds to uh, get through this stack of paper. We haven't talked about Xfinity. Well, it was another, or not much anyway. Austin Hill won for the second time out of three races. Um, slipping past Chandler Smith with just a few laps to go. Chandler driving for a colleague. And as Deb pointed out, it could have been his, uh, you know, he's just hadn't been around as long as Austin Hill. And, and Justin Allgaier slipped past him as well. Fourth was Kyle Busch. Fifth was Josh Berry. Sixth, John Hunter Nemechek. Seventh, Sam Mayer. Eighth, Riley Herbst. Ninth, Sheldon Creed. And tenth was Daniel Hemrick. you got to look all the way down to 25th and find Jeremy Clements, who started 25th. He was three laps behind at the finish, and I'm just telling you what. Now, I'm still optimistic. There's a long, long way to go. But uh, Jeremy needs to he needs to get out there and, and put together a good finish. Uh, he and the uh, Clements Racing team, uh, Jeremy Clements Racing. If you look at the Xfinity standings, He's 20th, but he is only 20 points, and that's not a mountain. That's a, it's getting to be a pretty decent hill, though. He's only 20 points out of 12th place, and, of course, the Xfinity only takes the top 12 finishers in points. So, uh, And, of course, if you win, you're in. So uh, Austin Hill has two wins. He's first. Hunter, John Hunter Nemechek is second with one win. Third is Justin Allgaier. Fourth, Chandler Smith. Fifth, Riley Herbst. Sixth, Sam Mayer. Seventh, Cole Custer. Eighth, Josh Berry. Ninth, Joe Graff Jr. Tenth, pit road reporter Parker Klingerman, who's doing a great job. Eleventh, Sammy Smith. And twelfth, Jeb Burton. And you go all the way through Ryan Sieg, Daniel Hemrick, Brett Moffat, Sheldon Creed, Brandon Jones, Kyle Sieg, Parker Retzlaff to get to the 20th uh, man in the standings, which is Jeremy Clement. So, Jeremy, man, we're pulling for you. Let's, uh, let's get out there in Las Vegas today and have a good finish. You need it, buddy. Trucks didn't run this week. They will run um, next Saturday at 2 p.m. on FS1. And the Freight 208, that's a FR and the number 8, and that would be Atlanta. But their point standings are like this. Zane Smith, they've only had the one race at Daytona, and he won it. Zane is first in points. Ty Majeski second. Christian Eck is third. Matt Craft in fourth. Ben Rhodes is fifth. Grant Enfinger sixth. Carson Hosevar is seventh. Matt D. Benedetto is 8th, Tanner Gray ninth, and Chase Birdie Purdy is 10th. Um, the best race last weekend was the IndyCar race. I mean, it was crash, bang, you name it, man. They, uh, It was exciting from start to finish. <coughs> um, it was the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg on those narrow streets, and it didn't take them long until uh, they wadded up a whole bunch of them, and one car in particular... Uh, driven by Devlin France De Francisco, got T-boned by um, I believe it was Benjamin Peterson, who I've never heard of, uh, driving for AJ Foyt, and he uh, he knocked that car ten feet in the air. It just went straight up and straight back down like it was on a lift or something, and nobody got hurt. Extremely spectacular. They had another one a little bit later on when Kyle Kirkwood went over the top of, uh, I believe he went over the top of Scott McLaughlin in Penske's car. Uh, Kirkwood is driving for Andretti now, and he continued on. All he did was mess up the front wing, but I'm telling you what, it was an exciting race. Roman Grosjean started on the pole and was doing very well until he was taken out in a crash, and um, it was uh, 
battling for the lead. So it was just a very exciting race that Marcus now, did. Was it just me, or did it seem like they had more wrecks than usual? Uh, that's a narrow track. First race of the season, new teams, and you texted me that during right. the, during the thing. There were more wrecks than usual. I will say that. If there was any particular reason for it, I don't know. But uh, sounds like all the above is probably right. Yeah, Marcus Erickson won it, the defending Indianapolis 500 winner in the Husky Chocolate Car. Always like that one. That's for Chip Ganassi. Patricio O'Ward was second. And he was leading on the final restart with just a couple of laps to go. And it looked like he missed a shift or something coming out of that last turn, um, coming down for the green flag to finish the race. And he um, he got passed by Marcus Erickson. Third was Scott Dixon. Fourth, uh, Alexander Rossi. Fifth, Callum Eilat, who uh, is driving for a Juncos Hollinger Racing. I've heard of Eilat. He was around last year a little bit. I think he drove some for Foyt. But I never heard of Juncos Hollinger racing, but they are um, starting out their season with a fifth. Their their entire being, they started out with a fifth. Graham Rahal was sixth. Will Power, seventh. Alex Pillow, eighth. Christian Lundegaard was ninth. And tenth was David Malukas. Uh, looking on down the line a little bit. McLaughlin, he ended up finishing twelfth. Uh, Roman Groshan was eighteenth. Santino Ferrucci, who is driving for A.J. Foyt now. A.J. lost both of his cars in that first lap wreck because all of his cars are at the back of the pack. A.J. needs to get up front somehow and avoid some of this stuff. But uh, Roman Groshan had had his best race yet. He led the first 31 laps and, and was taken out in a crash battling for the lead. So uh, anyway, the points as of, uh, as of after one race is... Uh, Marcus Erickson is first, Patricio O'Ward is second, Scott Dixon third, Alexander Rossi fourth, Callum Eilat is fifth, Graham Rahal sixth, Will Power seventh, Alex Pillow eighth, Christian Lundegaard ninth, and, and tenth is David Malukas, and that's pretty much the way they finished the race. Uh, they will run next at Texas on Sunday, April the 2nd. They don't race till, uh till the next month in the Expel 7-3rd. Expel 375, and that would be at noon on ABC. And Texas, uh, you know, they uh, they fly around that track. They'll be well over 200 miles an hour, well over probably around 220. Um, I so, like that. Yeah, I do too, Greg. I really do. Uh, Formula One ran this week, last week, and they ran the uh, Gulf Air Bahrain Grand Prix. And surprise, surprise, Max Verstappen won in the Red Bull car, and he beat out his Red Bull teammate, Sergio Perez, and from what everybody is saying in Formula One, it's uh, they can, they're racing for third. I mean, the two Red Bull cars are so superior. Um, Lewis Hamilton came out, of course, he still drives for Mercedes, and he said, you know, I told him what this car needed last year, and he was very disgruntled. He said, well, you know, they're giving us the same stuff and we, we can't compete. Um, Fernando Alonso was third. Carlos Gaines fourth. Uh, uh, Carlos Sainz fourth. Lewis Hamilton was fifth. Lance Stoll, who's got broken arms and legs and everything, but he's still out there racing, was sixth. George Russell seventh. Valtteri Bottas eighth. Pierre Gasly ninth. And Alex Albon was tenth. Thirteenth uh, was uh, Kevin Magnussen and the Haas team out of Charlotte, along with Nico Hulkenberg in the other car. He was fifteenth. 
But guess what we've got this year? I don't know if you boys know this or not. We've got an American racing. And he races for Williams, and he finished 12th. And we're going to talk about him more when we have some more time. And his name is Logan Sargent from uh, Boca Raton, Florida. And we're going to do some more on him when we get a chance. But it's just great when you look at the rundown of all these uh, 20 drivers here, and they've got the national, national flag next to their name. It's great to see the stars and stripes finally out there. So uh, He's we'll, going to be a good one for us to pull for. Well, that's yeah, and that and the two Charlotte cars. So we've got three to pull for. But you got to pull for that American with Williams Racing. Uh, of course, the standings are pretty much the way I just read that they finished. Uh, uh, on a sad note, um, the president of FIA of the Formula One, um, son got killed in preparation for the the race next week, which will be the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix at Jeddah, which will be on Sunday, March the 19th. Um, but that's, uh, you know, sad news for him. He was a, a young man. I think he was about 25 years old. Other news is that uh, Jensen Button is going to drive uh, at Circuit of the Americas coming over, and he's also going to run the um, Chicago Street Race. He is driving the number 15 Mobile One Ford for Rick Ware Racing. Emerson next week will be at Sebring, and we will have a lot to talk about there. We've got to mention there was a huge fine for the winning team at Daytona for screwing around with their air pressure, and they docked them some money, suspended some people, but they docked them 200 points, and you only got 350 for winning the race. So the Ricky Taylor, uh, Felipe Albuquerque team, by my calculations, and the math is pretty simple, went from first to eighth in the, uh, in the IMSA 24-hour uh, uh, you know, prototype team. So now the, the, the leaders are um, Sebastian Bourdais, Ringer Vanders Andy, I won't go through all this right now, but up to third, according to my calculations, would be the uh, Wayland Motorsports um, racing team of uh, Jack Aitken, Alexander Sims, and Pipo Durrani. Let's hope they have a good run next week at Sebring, and we'll be talking more about that. TV, today, Xfinity qualifying at 1230, Cup qualifying at 2, the Xfinity race is at 430. Of course, they are at Phoenix. Um, tomorrow, the cup race is on, oh, that is on FS1. On Fox tomorrow will be the, uh, the cup race at 3.30. And we'll talk about the rest of what's going on. I've got it marked all the way down here through the next couple of weeks, but running out of time here. i got to thank Lanny McKinney for all he does for us, maintaining the Budmore Engineering website and getting our podcast out there, which should be on the air in just a minute. And, uh, Greg, you got about 20 seconds. Only thing I want to say. Uh, in all fairness, uh, Daryl was our head engine builder and everything. But at the time we was talking about uh, hiring uh, Waddell, uh, Daryl's one of the best engine builders in the world. Uh, at that point in time was about during during the, the Vietnam era, and, 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 and so Daryl wasn't even around. So anyway, I didn't want to insult my brother because my brother's a great engine builder. Ronnie, ten seconds. We're getting fired up with the racing season underway, but we've also got March Madness coming up. Yep. A lot One of, of my favorite times of the year. It is. A lot of basketball, men's and women's. So uh, uh, it's a good day. Get out and do what you got to do today because tomorrow you're probably going to want to stay inside. Great show. Glad everybody was uh, 
listening to us to hear Waddell Wilson and Scott Anderson. We will be back next week with a whole bunch of racing. In the meantime, Natalie, get our table ready, and the rest of you keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Home of Open Mike, weekdays from 3 to 6. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG Spartanburg.